to teach your word this morning. Holy Spirit, I ask you to teach through me, minister through me, and reveal, Father God, to each one of us areas that we need to change in our lives. And we praise you and give you the glory. And I thank you, Father God, this word, this seed, falls on good ground, good soil, and it brings forth a mighty harvest. We just give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. I'm going to teach Building on the Rock this morning. I had two sermons. I have two that I wanted to teach, and the Lord said, I'll tell you which one to teach in the morning when you get there. Get up there. So that's why I'm taking a little time. Okay, so let's go ahead and turn to Matthew 7, 24. We all know this one. At least if you read your Bible, you should know this one. I don't know. I'm not reading through the, the Bible in a year this year. Pastor is. Where are you? Job. Job? Okay. Are you ahead of yourself or behind? Pardon? I can't hear you, but that's okay. You're getting it done. He's doing other reading, I believe he said also with it. He's always reading and studying. Okay, Matthew 7, 24. There's a few things in this scripture that are really great. In this whole chapter, well, all through the Bible, everything is great. Okay, the wise and the foolish builders. Therefore, whoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon the rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, shall not be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astounded at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Amen. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them, obeying them, will be like a sensible, prudent, practical wise man who builds his house upon the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house yet it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock who we know that rock is jesus amen and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a stupid foolish man who built his house upon the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great and complete was the fall of it. 
When Jesus had finished these sayings, the Sermon on the Mount, the crowds were astonished and overwhelmed with bewildered wonder at his teaching, for he, is teaching, he was teaching as one who had and was authority and did and not as did the scribes. Amen? So are you a wise man or a foolish man? So we realize that we must build our, ourselves upon the Word of God. Now let's turn to John 1.1 1, 1. a minute, if we could. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. He was present originally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him and without him, and was not even one thing made that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines on in, on in the darkness. For the darkness has never overpowered it, put it out, or absorbed it, or appropriated it, and is unreceptive to it. That man came, there came a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came to the witness of the might, mighty, might testify of the light through all men, that all, that all men might believe in him, and here to trust in and rely on it through him. And then it goes down, of course, we know this light is Jesus. Jesus in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and, and the Word, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so we know Jesus has been there. If you look at the word Elohim in, the, in Genesis, talks about the Trinity. That was the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, I um, years ago studied with the Jehovah Witnesses, so they don't like it when I come to the door because I can pretty much go through everything that they've learned and, and show them what the Word truly says. So the Word tells us to build upon the rock. This means our words must always coincide with the Word of God. They must always coincide with the Word of God. So the more words you have, the easier it will be to rely upon that Word that you've implanted in yourself. Amen? That's why I always tell people when, when I am counseling, what, word, what scriptures are you standing on so you are believing for, for this miracle or whatever you're believing for to come to pass. And I usually get at least three, if not more, scriptures that I'm meditating on and standing upon in any situation. And so people who envision themselves as poor will speak lack. Those who think that poor health speak sickness or physical problems. We can keep ourselves in bondage if we ever allow our physical senses to have control over us. And of course, we realize that those physical senses are what we hear, see, taste, touch, and smell. And so if our physical senses get control of us, then we will start speaking 
everything opposite to what the Word of God says. And so the Bible says that we're, we are renewed in our mind by the renewing of the Word of God. So as we take the Word of God, our mind becomes renewed, and that's how we receive or we walk in the mind of Christ. Thank God. What we say determines our future. So let's look at Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. It says in the King James Bible, let's go up a little bit here, and it's pretty interesting as we get up here a little bit. Let's move up to verse... Wow. Let's go into, let's go to verse 6. A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. And so we know your soul is your mind, will, and emotions, and intellect. So your words, as it says here, the words of a man's mouth are as deep waters and a wellspring of wisdom. Um, I lost where I was. No, I'm sorry. A fool's lips enter into contention or strife, and his mouth calleth for strokes. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are a snare to his soul. So when we speak, our mind, will, and emotions and intellect can be completely destroyed. That's why I constantly, probably you hear me speaking this scripture over and over in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, casting down imaginations and reasonings and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's how strong our will is. You know, our soul is our mind, will, emotions, and intellect, and we have got to tame that thing through the Word of God. Okay? And so the words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it, and it is safe. The rich man's wealth is his strong city and a an high wall in his own conceit. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. Verse 13, he that answers the matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame to him. You know, so many times a person will start to say something and a person will answer it, and that's not what you're talking about. You learn this if you're around people and you have to, you have to become a listener. Because until a person is able to speak out what they're trying to say, you know, automatically our minds try to figure out the situation or the problem for them, but they have, that's not what they're talking about. You understand what I'm saying? So we need to be very careful to listen, especially I'm going to talk to married couples here, 
you know, we can have, what do they call it? Um, they say it about men all the time, but I disagree. In other words, they can, we'll get down to it later. But anyway, it's for married couples, it's so important that we sit down and listen to one another and don't run past and because you'll forget it. You'll, you'll just, it'll just slip right by you. Or you'll say, well, you didn't say that. So we need to make it a point to listen to what the other one is saying. That's very important, even in friendships. If you want to be a strong friend, then you need to listen to what the people are saying and, and really gain their trust. And it takes, it, it, it takes time to gain a person's trust. Okay, so where did I stop? Okay, um, he that answers, verse 13, a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame to him. I'm going to read that in the Amplified. He who answers the matter before he hears the facts, it is folly and shame to him. This Verse 14, this, I'm in the Amplified. The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up or bear. So that strong spirit of a man sustains him no matter what he goes through. You know, you might be caught in something that you never thought or imagined could ever happen. But that spirit that you have, that if you've been born again and you've opened the door to the Spirit of God and, and allowed the Holy Spirit to teach you the Word of God and renewed your mind continually, that strong spirit within you will sustain you through anything. It doesn't matter what you go through. For greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. What a powerful scripture. So the greater one indwells you. I didn't say it's good to have you here, folks. I, didn't, I don't know if I said that, but it's good to have you here. So let's look at this in a minute. So whenever you're going through something, understand that that spirit in you that raised Christ from the dead, that dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body. He will sustain you. He will keep you alive. You know, if you go through the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. And it goes down and it says, Yea, though I walk through the shadow of death, well, a shadow never hurt you. Let's turn there for a second. Leave your hand in Proverbs, but let's turn here a minute. Many, many nights when I'm up late and praying and studying, I will go to this scripture because it's, it has so much in it, even though it's not a very long scripture. But as you meditate on it, in the 23rd Psalm, there is so much in it. You can just lay back and meditate on this. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside still and restful waters. So if God is leading you, it's going to be peaceful and restful. Amen. It might, there might be turmoil all around you, but you can be at peace. It says, um, He refreshes and restores my life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with Him. Not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. 
Yea, though I walk through the deep sunless valley in the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me, your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort me. You, God, prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my brimming cup runs over. So in, your pre in the presence of your enemies, God is anointing you. Think about that. That's powerful. He prepares a table. In the presence of your enemies, he anoints you with oil. Surely only goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. What a promise. This is something to just meditate on. You know, I find myself going back to it in my Bible very often just to meditate on that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want or lack. Praise God. So we see that. We're going to go to verse 8. The words of a whisper or tail bearer are dainty morsel, and they go down to the innermost parts of the body. Not only to another person, but it goes down into the innermost parts of your body, those words. The Bible says if we judge someone, we will be judged doubly. And a lot of people are running around saying, what's going on here? Well, maybe you've judged someone somewhere and you need to change it. Amen? So, we'll go to 14 again. The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? The mind of the prudent is ever getting knowledge. So the mind of the prudent is ever getting knowledge, and the ear of the wise is ever seeking, inquiring for the... And for, inquiring for and craving knowledge, craving the word. I want to know this. Now, this is how I, when I study the word, this is how I study it. I just don't go through a scripture. I want to know how that worked. You know, I want to know why it works this way and how it works. God, how is this scripture going to operate in my life? And so then you're, you're prepared and you're ready. And when you allow the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to you, you'll be ready for anything. Anything. Okay? A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. He who states his case first seems right until the rival comes and cross-examines him. Verse 21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. Hallelujah. Well, we all want to eat the fruit of life. Amen. I mean, we, I pray we do. We got Laurel and I saying amen. So we can do all amens on there, out there. What we say affects our whole entire being. It even causes our mind and eyes to look for things to verify the thought the enemy puts before us. You know, a lot of people, when they get symptoms, they immediately go on the internet to see what those symptoms could be. And then automatically you see this and then your mind starts thinking things or imagining things. And so we've got to be very careful. There is so much out, good out there today, but there are also things out there that can destroy you or put you in bondage or put you in fear. The Word of God says He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So whenever fear starts to come, you know that that is not from God. It's from the enemy. He's giving you what? 
power, love, and a sound mind. Your mind right today is one of the most precious things that you have. Watch what you put in it. Watch what you allow to entertain it. Amen. I'll say amen to myself. <laughs> Luke 6.45. I was um, counseling someone that called me that does not go to this church. So you need to worry about it. But somehow they started talking about... Um, Aliens. And I'm like, oh no, and I couldn't get a word in edgewise. And I put it on mute, and I was having this conversation with Pastor, who was shaving, getting ready to go, and he's just sitting there smiling at me. Um, God is teaching me patience in my, and then I just finally got a word in, in there and start, started sharing what the Word of God says. So, you know, people's minds can get off, way off. And um, I, I just, I'm very careful to watch what I hear. Sometimes you hear things you don't really want to hear. And so you've got to really put the word of God in there. Amen. So let's see, where are we? Luke 6.45. The upright, honorable, good man out of the good treasure stored in his heart produces what is upright honorable and instinctively good and the evil man out of the evil storehouse brings forth that which is depraved wicked and interest interestingly entering somebody pronounce it evil because mine's split in half for out of the abundance overflow the heart his mouth speaks and so one thing that we have on there and i'm praying that we'll get that sign up is establishing love, exercising faith, developing virtue, praise God, that's spelled right, and walking in integrity. We need to walk in integrity. The world is watching us and looking at us. There's nothing worse than a Christian sticker on someone's car and people are in there in strife fighting with one another. Or a Christian that lies to people. Or a Christian, you know, if you're a Christian and you own a business, please, if you're going to put a fish or Please walk in integrity. It's the most important thing you can do. That's the most effective way to win people to the Lord. Hallelujah. Is to walk in integrity. Thank God. James 3, 2. So, did I finish that scripture? Thank you, Lord. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Just keep saying whatever you want this morning. I'm going to go ahead with verse 1. Many, not many of you should become teachers, self-constituted censors and reprovers of others. My brethren, for you know that we teachers will be judged by a higher standard and with a greater severity than other people. Thus we assume the greater accountability and more, and the more condemnation. That's heavy. 
when you are a children's church worker, everything you say, it's very important that everything you say lines up with the Word of God. And when you're teaching children, you have to be loving, firm but loving. Kids just flock to Jesus. They didn't run away. Oh no, here comes Jesus. They flocked to him. They wanted to be around him. Like we flocked to him. We desire to be around him. And so it's very important. If you're a teacher, it says here, we will be judged by a higher standard and with greater severity than, than other people. Verse 2, For we often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, never says the wrong things, he is a fully developed character. Wow. Never says the wrong things. Who does not offend in speech. He is a full, fully developed character and a perfect man, able to control his whole body and curb his entire nature. That's powerful. It says in... Uh, the King James, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. We see, we talk about bits and horses, mouths, and, and that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. We know that ships are driven by a rudder, and it says... Even so the tongue, verse 5, a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindereth. Even so the tongue is like a member, and it can boast of great things. See how much wood and how great a forest, a tiny spark can set ablaze. And we're seeing this in California all around us right now. All around us we're seeing fires some set by people, others not, but we see what it can do, completely destroys. Amen? And so a tongue, and the tongue is fire, the tongue is a world of weakness, wickedness, set among our members, contaminating and, and depraving the whole body, and setting on fire the will of birth, the cycle of man's nature, being itself ignited by hell, Gehenna. So our tongue has got to be right with God. How many know that? You know, a lot of people say I'm a Christian, but their tongues are not proving that. Job 22.8, the power of the tongue. Well, I've heard all this before. That's good. Are you operating in it? pastor shares about and it's kind of a joke I guess I wouldn't doubt some pastors might do this but about the pastor they voted in a new pastor and every Sunday man they thought this is a great sermon until they kept hearing it over and over and over again and they said is this all this guy knows this all this guy can preach doesn't he know anything else and somebody griped to him about it he said until you start acting upon it we're going to hear this over and over again that's pretty wild. So how would you like to hear the sermon over and over and over again? Job 22.8. 
Hey, whatever we need, that's where I am, God. Whatever I need to hear, I want to hear it. But you, Job, the man with power, possessed the land, and the favor and accepted man dwelt in it. Wow. That's pretty heavy. Decree a thing. I don't think I got the right thing, did I? I don't think I have the right scripture. Decree a thing, and it shall be established. Okay, is that the one I want? Somebody find it. Might be a typing error. Pardon? Let's see. 2220? 28. 28. Sounds about right. You shall also decree and declare a thing, and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon you. You shall decree and declare a thing. Think about this. And it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon you. That's how important our words are. What we decree, what if every word you spoke came to pass? Think about this. You know, you might... Tape yourself for the day or something. Decree a thing and it shall be established. What have you been saying lately? Has it been coming to pass in your life? Think of this. Proverbs 18, 7. Remember, I had two sermons up here. One was on strife. And this one. Now, see, I, my flesh, or I wanted to do the other one, but... This is what God wanted done today. So, 18.7. A self-confident fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to himself. Who are his lips a snare to? Himself. Not, you know, they are to everybody else around them, but their lips are a snare to themselves. You know, our words keep us in bondage. That's why we need to teach our children from a very, very young age things that they are allowed to say and not to say. You know, and pray to God that they will stand on the things that you've taught them from a very early age. And if you see them getting out of line, deal with it. You have to deal with it if you're a parent immediately. I've, always, I've shared with you how long it would take me to spank a child. It would take a half hour because we'd go through the word, we'd ask forgiveness. I mean, it was very timely. And I had one for some reason that decided for a little period of time that evidently he wanted a whipping once a day. But the Bible says, it, and I know people believe in timeouts. That's fine. My Bible says you're supposed to spank a child, but don't get mad at me at what God says. Okay? If he says it, I did it. Thank God mine are all grown, great-grandchildren. That's all done with now. <laughs> what have you been saying lady, lately? Ha has it been coming to pass in your life? Wow. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. This is where you've got to keep fear out of there. Okay? Our lips can be a snare to our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. 
Jesus chose his words carefully. You ever notice that? He chose his words carefully. Slow to speak, swift to hear. Okay. You have to really sit back. A lot of times you'll see me come into a situation and I won't get rushed about it. I will sit, I'll sit down and pray about it before I do anything. Other people might just be flying around rushed, but I have to get that peace and quiet and revelation knowledge from the Lord in every situation I'm responsible for, okay? Our lips can be a snare to our soul, our mind, will, and emotion. Then the enemy try to trip up Jesus on his confession, and the enemy will, will do the same against you. We know on when he was, went through those days of temptation, he kept trying to mess up Jesus, and Jesus would just come back to him with what? The Word. The enemy hates the Word. He hates it. He hates the blood. The Bible says in Revelation, we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the Word in our testimony. So he hates the blood and he hates the word. He hates them both. So the more you speak the word and you talk about the blood of Jesus, the more he hates, he hates it. He'll leave. He'll get up and leave. I used to sing when I first got saved songs about the blood. If I had to make them up, I would. What can the word do for you? In Mark eleven twenty three. I'm going to go pretty fast down these. What can the Word do for me? That's a question many people wonder, they think about, and they don't ask. I talked to somebody recently, and they were going through something, and I said, you know, God said to come and reason with Him. If it's you and God reasoning together, that's fine. Tell Him what you think or what you, what you, what you want to say. And He'll come back with you, to you with the Word. He's a good God, amen? He doesn't change. There's no variableness in him. There's no shadow of turning. He will say the same thing. If you start hearing a voice that's something different than what God's word says, get in the word and start dealing, rebuking it and get in the word, amen? Um, so we know that in 11.32, or 11, I'm sorry, 23, it says, and Jesus replied, saying to them, Have faith in God constantly, or have the God kind of faith. Truly I tell you, whosoever, whoever says to this mountain, Be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes what he says will take place, it will come for him. Do you believe that? If you do not doubt in your heart, First, we have to speak to the mountain. You know, there are, might be different things in your life that are mountains that you are, you're like, what am I going to do about this thing? Speak to it. Get the word of God. Look it up and speak to the situation. Keep this scripture in front of you. And you doubt not at all in his heart, but he believes that what he says will take place. It will be done for him. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it will be granted to you, and you will get it. It's that simple. You will get it. How good is God? A good, good father? 
Wow, that's so powerful, the last song we played. Thank you, Heather, I asked her to play that last. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. And whenever you stand 25 praying, if you, have, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop, leave it and let it go. So if you are still thinking of something that someone has done to you, you have not left it, you have not let it drop, and you've not let it go. And it's easy. I mean, especially if you're a minister, people will go, I didn't, like the, I didn't like what they said. The Word of God said. Well, don't get mad at them. Get mad at, if you want to get mad at anybody, get mad at God. And see how far that'll take you out. Okay. So whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, let it drop in order that the Father who is in heaven may also forgive you. I do not want and it forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your failings and shortcomings. That is heavy. So every night when I'm before God at night, I try to do this every night. I make sure everything's right. You know, I don't want it to go to another day, another day, another day, and then forget about it. How many know how easily it is to forget about something that you said or did that day? Because you get busy. Or if you get in strife with your mate or something, go immediately. Straighten it out. Let's pray right now. That's, when we first got saved, Pastor would say, come on, I want to take your hands. I want to pray. And I'd be, I don't feel like this. You know, but I would do it. I mean, it's something you do immediately. You just don't hang on to it. Because you start looking at every little thing that they do or a person does that disturbs you. And trust me, you build up a, li a list in your, in your head and it is destroying you. It's not, they don't even know that, that they've done this to you unless you go talk to them. But it's destroying you. It's causing you to lose confidence in that person. You need to go to them and talk to them and say, listen, I need to sit down and talk to you about this. And pray to God they'll ask you to forget you to forgive them. Okay? If someone comes to you and well I didn't do that, you know, always ask yourself, did I God? Because if they can point out the time and what took place, you did it. You probably didn't mean to, but you did it. Okay. So, Proverbs 18, 20, and 21. This is so important to teach your kids because there are so many things going on in schools today, public schools. You know, not everybody sends their kid to Christian schools, but they can be as bad as a public school many times or get to teach them at home. I'll guarantee you, I would not have been one that could have stood teaching my kids at home. You know, some people can do it. More power to you if you can. But, so I had to teach them the word, and they come home, so-and-so did this to me. What did you do? You know, what did you do to provoke that? You know, we need to, some kids can be tattlers. How many know, how many had any kids that were tattlers? I used to tell mine, this, this better be real important, because if it isn't, you're going to get in as much trouble as, as the other one did. And that shut that down immediately. Just 
Okay. 18, 20 through 21. I don't think we did that, did we? One says yes and some say no. Well, let's do it again. A man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth and with the consequences of his word he must be satisfied with bitter evil. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We did it. Thank you, Mike. Okay, James, um, no, Proverbs 21, 23. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from trouble. Do you like to be in trouble? When I was a kid, I liked trouble. I hate trouble nowadays. I'm too old for that stuff. Isaiah 5719. I hope you're getting something. You know, a lot of I've heard a lot of parents say, do as I say, not what is what I do. Well, you can look at little Johnny or whatever and see that he's acting just like one of the parents. You know, they do what you allow them to do. We have a new puppy, and pastor's a little more lenient than I am. I'm the disciplinarian, and Levi tries to get away with it with me, and I'll just, you're not getting away with that. Don't even try it. But he knows that dad's easy going, a lot easy, more easy going than I am. So he'll hear, Levi, I raise my voice with a little, because with Maltese, you don't yell at them. And he knows, he stops right in his tracks. So kids are the same way, and unfortunately, sometimes we are. Proverbs 57 19. No, I'm in Isaiah 57. I'm so sorry. Thinking of, he, he tried to start chewing the wall or the wood. Teething. Peace, peace to him who is far off, both Jew and gentle. And to him who is near, says the Lord, I create the fruit of his lips, and I will heal him and make his lips blossom anew with speech in thankful praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. I create the fruit of the lips, peace, peace to him that is far off and him that is near, saith the Lord. I will heal him. So our mouth and our healing go hand in hand. You know, there's some things maybe your husband or somebody and you want to say, I don't like you. And you've got to shut that up and start thinking good, perfect, lovely thoughts. Amen. Proverbs 10, 11. Our tongue is a well of life. Sometimes we have people we work with that um, can be an irritation. And if you're a manager, you have to really walk in a lot of patience. That's one thing years ago, I did not have a lot of patience, trust me. 
and you have to learn to walk in patience. Where am I? What did I say? 10, 11? The mouth of the uncompromisingly righteous man is a well of life, but the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up contention, but love covers all transgressions. So, the uncomfortably righteous man is a well of life, our words. But the wicked conceal violence. That's heavy. The wicked usually aren't open, they don't share, they keep things covered up because they don't want anybody to know the truth. But boy, when they get hot, it comes out. Are you a loader or a compactor? Hmm. Proverbs 14.3. How many have ever heard the loader and the compactor? The pastor does so well. How many have ever heard it? Three of us? Raise your hand or he's going to say it again. Good. Most of you have. <laughs> All right. 14.3. Get excited. In the fool's mouth is a rod to shame his pride, but a man's lips preserve them. Wow, that's heavy. In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. Pride. The root word of strife is pride. So we never want to become prideful. Proverbs 15.4 A lot about our words in Proverbs. Have you noticed that? And we're supposed to, you know, the wisest thing we can do is read a proverb a day. Not just one verse, but the whole proverb. Proverbs 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise utters knowledge rightly, but the, not, the mouth of the self-confident fool, fool pours out folly. Wow. Verse 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch upon the evil and the good. For a gentle tongue with its healing power is a tree of life, but willful contrariness in it breaks down the spirit. So if you want to break down your spirit, your spirit, be willfully contrary. That's... We'll go on to the next one. A fool despises his father's instruction and correction, but he who regards reproof acquires prudence. That's heavy. You know, these are scriptures you can take, and I don't know if you do family devotions, but we did every night. We had dinner and did the dishes. They got ready for their baths and had their baths, and we sat down and had family devotions. And... Proverbs has a lot to teach your kids. Proverbs 15.4. We just did that one. Proverbs 
you can't figure out why your kid is unruly, then you're not training him the word. It's up to no one else but you. Oh, no. The mind of the wise instructs his mouth and adds learning and persuasiveness to his lips. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the mind and healing to the body. You know, when we speak words about ourselves that are not, don't line up with word of God, this scripture that I just did, sweet to the mind and healing to the body, it will destroy the negative things if you speak them about yourself. And we've all done it. It will destroy your flesh. It will honestly bring destruction. You can bring destruction on yourself, which we don't want to do. Like I said, kids in the school today are, I started to say this, are very cruel. Teach your kids what the Word of God says. So when words are spoken at them, they know who they are in Christ Jesus. And they can stand up and ignore any circumstance or situation that comes their way. Um, in James 3.2, verse 13, we went here a minute, but we're going to go a little bit further into this. Say, why? Because we need it. I don't know about you, but I've seen some areas just sitting here that I need to switch around. Heavy. A wise person will act this way. Verse 13. Wow. Who is there among you who is wise and intelligent? Then let him, by his noble living, show forth his good works in the obtrusive humility which is proper attitude and true wisdom but if you have bitter jealousy envy and contention rivalry selfish ambitions in your hearts do not pride yourselves on it and thus be in defiance of and false to the truth wow this superficial wisdom is not such as comes down from above but is earthly, unspiritual, animal, and devilish, demonical. For whoever there is, for wherever there is jealousy, envy, and contention, rivalry, and selfish ambition, there will also be confusion, unrest, disharmony, rebellion, and all sorts of evil and vile practices. Keep your homes correct, speak everything, speak the word out in your homes. Do not allow contentions to take place because all this junk comes along with it. We don't want it. See, I don't want it. I do not want it. Who is wise among you? Wise means clear, sensible, prudent, respectful of truth. A wise man will guard his tongue. The course of life is set by your tongue. So what you are believing for, the vision, God, pastor's been speaking on the vision. This is so important when we come together that we're all speaking the same thing. 
This church is a hospital. Whatever a person needs, they will come and receive whatever it is they need and pray they stay. But that's what this church is. And every person, each one of you, are here to receive from God His love, His care, His abundance. And that, that's what has to come through this pulpit. It has to. It has to come through our lives. Amen? It's very important because our tongue can tear something that's been built up. It can tear it down in one word. You know, I've counseled couples and their first week of marriage, one thing was said and they still remember it. They haven't let it go. Do you know what that is? Put you in chains of bondage. Who wants to be in, in chains? Um, Proverbs 16, 24. I don't believe we did that one yet. Pleasant words, yes, we did, are as honeycomb, sweet to the mind and healing to the body. Think about your words, whatever you're going to say. Make them pleasant, and they will bring forth sweetness to your mind and healing to your body or to another person's. Now, you can go in the room and visit a person that's crazy, <laughs> totally crazy, and if you start speaking to them the Word of God, they can, they'll snap out of it. You have to bind some things, but they'll snap out of it. And that's so important. Sometimes you have to do it with authority, but they'll be your friend for life. Good words have greater value and influence and effect on our lives. It's time we realize this great truth. Medical science aids healing by medicine into our physical bodies. God's divine healing it's, is spiritual. And look at 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. You know, medical science, and they'll admit it, my dad was a doctor. They can just treat the symptom, okay? But God treats the whole man. First Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. Thank God. We have a father that is a healer, the deliverer. That's exciting to me. We should get excited when we think about God. This morning I just wept at some of the songs, some of them I never heard before. It was not a fast praise song day today. We In the beginning it was before Pastor came up. But... Sometimes we need to just worship God and let him, well, all the time, just let him thrush, just flow through our being. Let, get the junk out of there. 1 Corinthians 2.9 But it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them who love him. I truly believe that the end of this year and the beginning of next year 
if everything goes correctly, if people are wise enough to go vote for who they need to vote for, God is going to turn this nation around. We need a great awakening in this nation, and it's going to come through the body of Christ. It's very important. In Psalms 107, 19, and 20, they cried unto the Lord, and he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all destructions. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It's on, our, on the sign. He sent his word and healed you and delivered you from all, all and any destruction, anything. God's not limited. He knows exactly what to do at the right time, if we'll allow it. God, God considers it done. When we look at this, he sent his word and healed and delivered them. He considers his word as done. He could have done, he completed it and accomplished it when he spoke it forth. Remember Job 22, 8, decree a thing and it is established. Psalms 19, 7, the law of the Lord is perfect. Verse 11, let's look at this. I hope it wasn't 119. We'll find out. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the whole person. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my firm, impenetrable rock and redeemer. This is so powerful. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight the words in my mouth, and what I meditate in my heart. So God knows what we're meditating on. Let them be perfect and acceptable unto you. That's where the casting out imaginations come in, folks. You know, you th I could, you, like you harp on this. I got delivered through this, through that scripture, by doing what that scripture says to do. You wouldn't have liked me. Trust me. The law of the Lord is perfect. Verse 11, it's spiritual medicine. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, reminded, illuminated, and instructed, and in keeping them is their great reward. Wait a minute, am I in the right place? It works in the human spirit and is a spiritual cure. But like all medicines, it must be applied or taken daily or regularly to obtain the desired results. So every day, every night, you have to take the word regularly and speak it forth. Now, Pastor and I have a list of confessions that we do at night. And one of us will say them and the other one will repeat after them the word. It's the word over and over and over. Because we believe in the word and we believe it's coming to pass. That it's here. It's ours. That's how God works. 
You must speak the word of God into your situation in order for it to bring change or to change your circumstances or your situation. No one else can do it for you. I can't do it for Whitney. I can pray for Whitney. I can stand in the gap for Whitney, but Whitney has to desire it. You know, so many prayer requests are coming in right now and people that are dying. They're, you know, the one we got the other day for someone that, that I've never met is, is a young, young man that just started having seizures and went into a coma. No reason. They can't figure out why. Still in the hospital like that. Pray, I can pray for him. I can stand in the gap for him. Just continue speaking the word. But God's going to have to reveal himself to him. Or someone's going to have to be sitting there just giving him the word over and over again. I can't change it for you. My prayer is, God, reveal yourself to the person. In James 1.27, it says, James 1.21, Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. The engrafted word, receive it with meekness, which is able to save your mind, will, emotion, and intellect. To set you free. I don't care how crazy a person is, and I've met some crazies. I've seen them set free from the Word of God. Totally set free. The Word is engrafted into you. When it's engrafted into you, it will produce results in your spirit, soul, and body. When something isn't grafted like a branch into a tree, it will produce fruit. We had a plum tree, and it had the best plums when we lived in Santa Cruz area. It had the best plums, and Pastor decided to engraft, I don't remember, a peach or, and peach or something. Did you remember that? Well, it started growing plums and peaches. It was really neat. Like I think it took two years, and it started growing both. It was really neat to watch. And so as you engraft that word into you, like a branch into a tree, it will produce fruit. It has to. If you believe it, if you, when you pray and you say it and you believe it, it has to come to pass. In Hebrews 11.3, if someone um, can go back, Whitney, you know where it is. Well, John, she's going to need your help on the... I'm sure Heather will be back, but I want to play good, good father. If you need prayer this morning, I'll be praying for you in a minute. Let's look at this. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation the title deed of things we hope for being the proof of things we, are, we do not see. So faith, you have faith in a scripture. With that faith, it is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we've hoped for. So you've had your hope out there. And you take the word and you have faith in that word and you you bring that thing that you've been hoping for, that word spoken will bring that thing that you've been hoping for to you. It has to happen. 
but you can't get off. You don't, you don't pull away from it until you see it done. And that's where most of us miss it. We pray it for a while, and we don't see it done, and we get discouraged. Then we start speaking junk, with the opposite of what you're believing for, and you just nullified everything that you've prayed or you've spoken. Okay? Does that make sense? So this is so important. The things that we hope for being the proof of the things we do not see and the conviction of, the reali of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So what the Word of God says, when you begin to believe in that, Abraham believed God. You know, God came to him and he, he told him, look at the stars, and he looked up there, and those days you didn't have lights all around so they could see every star. And then he said, look at the sand. Your descendants will be more than these, and we're part of that. I mean, all the sand. Have you ever picked up a handful of sand and tried to count it? Someday go to the beach and just pick up, pick up just a little tiny bit and try to count it. That's powerful. For by faith, trust, and holy fervor, born of faith, the men of old have divine testimony born to them and obtained a good report. This is verse 3. By faith, we understand that the world's during the successive ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. So it's very important for you to take the word of God. Let's take Psalms 107, 19, and 20. Let's just turn there real fast. Let's look at this. They cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. And he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. This is where we have to stand on the word. If we're going to receive everything that we're believing for, we've got to have the word backing us. Amen? Without, the, without words, the world would never have been created. You remember God said, God said, God said, God said, and it was done. You say, you say, you say his word, and it's done. Words create images. How to speak, how you speak will determine your way of life. So this is where casting down every imagination and reasoning comes in. Because as you speak up and you take it captive, you take it to the word of God. When you speak the word, you know it's going to work. But you must keep your sight upon the word that you've spoken and don't allow circumstances and situations that go on. Don't allow them to get your mind away from what you're believing for. And that is the enemy's job, okay? 
That's what he's come to do is to steal the word from you. So without the words, without words, the world would never have been created. Words create images. How you speak will determine your way of life. Listen, don't just try to do it faithfully and, and rejoice in the results. So listen, don't just try to do it. You do it faithfully and you will rejoice in the results. We need to build ourselves up with the word of God, not the word of the enemies. You know, some people, when they come to the Lord, their heads are just so in stuck in the areas that they open themselves up to. And they need the word of God to set them free. But once they're set free, they don't ever want to go back to that again. You never want to. You know, there's certain things I know, don't ever do it again. Because one time will be it. Smoking, for one. When God delivers you from three and a half packs of cigarettes in a second, you know you're not going to go back and try it again. Amen. It's not something you're going to do again. Because I know what would happen. It'd be three and a half packs over again. When he delivers you from alcohol. Oh boy, thank you, Jesus. I know never to take another drink. You know, I came home and had one drink a night. Every night. One or two. I was an alcoholic. I needed that one drink a night to calm me down. You, some of you can disagree, but if you need it every night, then you're hooked. Get mad at me, I don't care. Talk to God about it. And so I know things to stay away from. Because I would be just right back there. It doesn't tempt me. I don't want it. <laughs> I learned my lesson. You have to walk away from it. I can talk about it. It doesn't even, it's just not appealing. But we need to keep that word in front of us. If you're believing for a miracle, no matter what you look like, feel like, act like, whatever, if you'll keep that word in front of you, it'll take place. It has to. So if anyone needs prayer, um, Heather, if you'll start that song, Good, Good Father.